Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and grace. And this is part three, the finality of our current podcast series. We are going to be receiving of the Lord's Supper together uh, towards the end of this episode. So if you are able, go ahead and get your bread and your juice uh, together for that. And um, all right, my friends, we're going to, we're just going to jump right back into the word. Okay, here we go. The Lord wants you to know that your sins are forgiven and you shall be with him in heaven. There is nothing ambiguous about this passage we just read, is there? He says that nothing shall separate you from the love of God. My friends, if sin could separate us from the love of God, then Christ died in vain. No, the sin couldn't even stop him from coming. That's why he died for us. And it was God's love for that precious woman that sent us there. His love was hunting her down. And, and I love, I myself was overwhelmed by God's love to see just how quickly he sent an answer to her. He sent a true child of God and prophet to her to interrupt that thinking before it could take root in her. She had just heard that, my friends. She would just heard that. And the Lord sent, sent me. I was so blessed that I'm the one he chose. You never know, my friend. This is why I often encourage you that if you feel in your heart like you're supposed to talk to someone, it... Don't wait to have the right words. You'll never start talking. I would have never started talking to her if I waited till I thought I had all the words. In fact, I just asked Jesus to help me, right? I always ask him, put your words in my mouth. You know what she needs to hear. I don't. And that's what led to her sharing, sharing that. But I want you to see that how God's desire that he, he wasn't even willing to wait a day not even a few hours. No, I am not going to let this precious young lady walk away thinking that I am sending my truth to her. And what did Jesus say? That you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. My friend, the truth is there, but it doesn't help us until we know it. The truth that I was completely forgiven, righteous, loved by God, no matter what I was doing was always there. When did it set me free? When I knew it and I chose to believe it. Again, in John's first letter, he says, we have come, we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. That's in 1 John chapter 4. First, do you, do you hear that, my friends? That there is a process. His love is so out of this world. We have come to know, right? How do you get to that part? The Lord's love for you brings you in like this precious young lady. And then they chose to, to know it. They started learning about it. And then they chose to believe it. It's one thing to know in our head, my friend. It's another to truly believe in our hearts. But it does help when we keep speaking that over ourselves. Because the Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 10 that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth and believe with our heart. The more you speak it, the more you'll believe it. Amen. God's ways are so simple, my friends. He makes them simple, easy, and free so that we all have access to him. Remember what it started off saying? That he delivered him up for us all. Not just those who could afford it. Not just those over here in this country. Not just over those who've lived this kind of life or come from that family. For us all. Because it's based on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So nothing, absolutely nothing. I want you to say this with me. Say nothing, absolutely nothing. Not even me can separate me from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what he's telling us? He's telling us that it's in Christ Jesus our Lord that he has demonstrated that love for us, the fullness of his love for us. Hallelujah. My friend, I want to read this passage for you and the New Living Translation as well because it's just so beautiful, right? I love to study my New King James Version, which is where we've been studying out of because um, so much of it, uh, how would I say, it helps to, it's a little translated uh, truer to the original languages where the New Living Translation, not that it's not, but they have adapted the language more to to our modern speaking. So the truth is there, right? And um, But they have changed the language a little bit, but at the same time, it's that changing of the language that sometimes makes it easier for us to understand what the Lord is telling us, right? Because it's a language we're more familiar in speaking with. Um, but that is why I recommend, my friends, when you're studying the Word of God, have a couple of different translations, you know, not not because one's better than the other, but because it does help us to understand in different ways. Hallelujah. Uh, my own time with the with the with the Lord in the word. I really it's hard to express how much uh, richer that became when I got my study Bible that has four different translations in it. And um, I, I love studying out of this because I can just read across all the different writings. And sometimes it's like I read one and and it's like, mm, I don't really don't really get anything. I read the second one, read the third one, the fourth one. It's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And who knows? Maybe that's because I just read it four times. <laughs> Either way. Oh, my friends, I want to read this for you. That was just a little nugget, right? To encourage us all in our time studying the word. I would encourage you to have, I love the new King James version um, and, and, or, and also the old King James version, which can be very difficult to read if you're not used to talking in old English. Um, and you know, my friends, but really just have a couple translations. Okay, here we go. All right. That was a bunny trail. So we're starting again in Romans eight thirty one. What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Amen, my friends. I've got to read it again. It's just, it's music to our ears, right? So beautiful. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God? No, He's the one who's given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No, for he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God pleading for us. My friends, you can tell from even this word that the Lord is sharing through Paul what the problem usually is. See, remember the devil is the, is the king of deception. And this is what he does. He comes and accuses us, brings condemnation, brings judgment, and leaves with the aftertaste that God is the one judging you, that Jesus is the one judging you. Obviously, this was a problem because Paul's addressing it. He's saying, who's accusing you? Is it God? No, it's not God. He's the one that's giving you right standing with himself. My friend, that's what righteousness means, that you have right standing with God. He says, is it Christ? No, he's the one that died for you. Amen. It's just like 
wow, it's amazing how we can be lured into that way of thinking. And then you stop and go, wait a minute. Christ is the one who died for me, rose again, and is sitting in heaven making intercession for me. He's not going to be the one accusing me. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? My friend, I believe this is a very important truth for us to understand because how, again, my friends, the devil loves to kick a horse when it's down, right? He loves to be the one to trip you up and push you down. And then when you're already down, he comes in and just keeps laying it on, right? A calamity happens or you're persecuted. Persecution, my friends, means that it is because of your relationship with Jesus that you're being persecuted. I can tell you I've been persecuted many, many times. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a, you know what, my friends, honestly, I thank the Lord for this. It wasn't this way at first, but I've got to the point where when I see these things happen, you know, sometimes of course I have that initial response of the flesh or when a calamity comes or, you know, um, I kind of feel like I go backwards a little bit in my health and it's like, Oh, why is this happening again? And then it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What was the last word that I shared? I can't tell you how many times after I teach y'all on receiving the Holy Communion and receive myself that I have a little flare up again. Why? Persecution, my friends. The Bible says we will be persecuted because of the word. And you know what? At this point, it makes me laugh because I'm like, in a funny kind of, I guess, weird backwards way, it encourages me. Like the devil wouldn't be messing with me if this wasn't helping y'all, right? If, if people weren't being encouraged, if Jesus Christ was not being lifted up and glorified, the devil wouldn't care what I'm saying to anybody. My friends, if you weren't the image of Christ walking around on the face of this earth, the devil wouldn't care about you, right? He leaves the ones that are dead alone. They're already dead. It's because you have life in you. It's because you look like the image of Christ. You look like the image of God himself. Because see, my friends, man lost that when he rebelled against God. He lost his glory. That's why for the first time it says they were naked. They weren't running around looking naked before. They lost the glory of God. When you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that glory was restored to you. So, of course, you're attracting attention. Amen. When we learn that and we learn to use that, as a testimony, my friends, as a weapon for God to know, hey, people have gathered in this place. My friends, it happens to my husband and I all the time. You know, after a long day of shopping or you're out there running chores, you know, sometimes I love people. I love being around people. But when I get tired and hangry, I do get hangry. Okay, that is a problem of mine. Um, I want to go in a nice, quiet restaurant. And sometimes we will pick, you know, a, a place just because it seems to be less crowded and you can kind of go in there, right? Take a breather and you know, you're going to get your service faster because nobody else is in there. And time and time again, as we're sitting there, the place will fill up. Why my friends? Because the light of Christ, the holy temple just stepped into that place. People are drawn in, even if they don't know that's why. But once I learned that, I started taking advantage of that. Lord, who here do you want to be blessed today? Who is there someone here that we can reach out to? Is there someone here that we can be a blessing to? Amen. And yeah, it's scary, right? To walk up to perfect strangers and start talking to them. But you know what? They're not a stranger to Jesus. He knows them. He knows them by name. And you will always 
be just as blessed or more blessed when you follow that little prompting, my friends. And sometimes the blessing is to to leave an overly large tip. Sometimes it's to anonymously, oh, I said it, (laughs) buy somebody else's meal, my friends. And uh, if I get the opportunity, I'd just like to write a little something on the receipt, like Jesus loves you. My friends, tangible ways that people of the world can experience that Jesus loves them. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, I don't even know how we got down there, but Jesus knows what we want to talk about today. And um, I really hope that this is encouraging you as much as it's encouraging me, because I didn't know we were going to talk about this stuff. And I don't know where we're at. Jesus, where are we? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Romans 8.35 in the New Living Translation. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean, oh, that's right, this is where we were. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or in, or threatened with death? My friend, just because you experience those things, don't, don't let the enemy also come in and say you're experiencing this because God doesn't love you. Or you're experiencing this because of that thing that you did. Or you're experiencing this because God's judging you. That's exactly why Paul covered this beforehand. You know, I unfortunately, I hate hearing it, but I hear it sometimes when there's like a tornado or a hurricane. You know, people rise up and say stupid things like God is judging that area. That's why that happened. My friends, God exhausted all his judgment in the body of his son at the cross. He has said himself that he has no judgment left. Christ consumed every bit of God's righteous judgment. That is why he cried out, it is finished. It's done. Amen. So when you go through those things, know that it is not because God is persecuting you. What you need is that reminder, God loves me. Jesus loves me. This cannot separate me from his love. Therefore, I shall overcome. Even now, even when I can't see it, his love is working for me. His love is bringing a way out of this for me. I'm going to be more blessed when I come out of this than when I was when I went into it. My friends, that's his style, okay? Amen. We never come out lower than when we went in. We always come out in a higher place, in a higher position with more than we lost. Hallelujah. Amen. It goes on to say, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You hear that? I love it. Overcoming victory, overwhelming victory, my friends. Victory alone would be good enough, wouldn't it? Not for our God. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. My friend, they already tried. See, the devil thought by killing Jesus that he would be able to cut off God's connection with the people. He didn't understand what was going on. He tried already to come between God and his love for the people. He understood that Jesus was there for the people. He just didn't understand God's ultimate plan. The powers of hell have already tried to keep God's love from you. 
and they couldn't. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God revealed his love to us when he gave up his son for us. Amen, my friends. Amen. And you want to know what, what is our response? How do we respond? How do we say thank you, show our gratitude to God for all of this that he's done for us? You know, his word tells us how he, how he expects us to say thank you. And Psalms 116 Verse 12, the psalmist asks that very question. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I shall take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. My friends, listen to this. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I shall take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. The Lord just told us that the way we give thanks, the way we express our gratitude towards him for all his benefits towards us is to take some more. Take the cup of salvation and call on his name. Call on his name for help. Call on his name for whatever you need. Call on his name. Take some more from him. That is exactly how we express our gratitude for all that Christ has done. My friends, this is the Old Testament version of the New Testament of what we just read in Romans 8.32. That he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's saying, you know how you can pay me back for all the benefits I've done for you? Take some more. Call on my name. Don't call on your employer's name. Don't call on your spouse's name. Don't call on your mama or your daddy's name. Don't call on money. Don't call on entertainment. Don't call on whatever it is, my friends, to be your savior. Call on his name. Call on him. Remember that for the Lord, when he tells us that he wants to be our savior, it is a continuous action. He saves us to eternal life, but then he also wants to save us every single day from every single situation that we face. So he's saying, oh, you want to thank me for the benefits I've given you? Then keep coming and taking from me. Let me be your savior every single day from every single situation. That's how you tell me thank you. Take some more. What a good and generous and abundant, overflowing God we have. Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen. And you know what we're going to do right now as we've been celebrating everything that Jesus has done for us. 
We are going to come and we are going to take from the Lord. We're going to have a moment where we receive of the Lord's body and blood together. So if you can, right, if you're not driving or whatever, if you can get your elements ready, your bread or your cracker, uh, your matzah bread, um, your juice or your wine or your water, uh, however you choose to partake, my friends, get your elements ready. And we are going to literally take the cup of salvation in our hands and give our Lord thanks for all that he has done for us. My friend, that is what the Holy Communion is all about. It was originally called the Eucharist and Eucharist means thanksgiving. And even Jesus, as he instituted the Lord's Supper for us the very first night, he did it simply through thanksgiving. He gave thanks for the bread and he broke it for each of them. He gave thanks for the wine that represents uh, his blood and he gave that to them. It's a time of giving thanks for what Jesus has already done for us. And oh, by the way, it is the one thing he asks us to do to remember him by. And you know why? Because when we take of this, we are again taking of his blessings. This We are declaring his victory in our lives. We are taking of his love. We are basking in his love. The body says that the, the Bible says that the broken body brings us health and healing. My friends, the blood is the reminder that our sins are forgiven, that we are righteous. And because we are righteous, we can expect good days. We can expect the peace and the joy of God in our lives. We can expect his wholeness. We can expect to receive of our inheritance. We can expect to be prosperous in all areas of our life because of the blood that was shed for us. So we give thanks, but at the same time, we're taking again and we're giving thanks, my friends, God's beautiful, beautiful circles. Amen. So if, if you're ready and if not, come back later and receive or receive when you do have a chance, my friend. We're going to take, uh, we're going to give thanks over the body, over the bread and receive that together. And then we'll give thanks over the blood. So I invite you to take the bread in your hands and hold this up, my friends, and see that we are receiving from Jesus. The Lord's Supper is not something we do. It is something we receive. Just as he said, take the cup of salvation. We are taking from the Lord, not giving to the Lord. Amen. So Jesus, we do. We thank you for your body that you broke for us. Jesus, we thank you that you so desire for us to be healthy and strong and whole, that you were willing to take lash after lash after lash on your own body. We thank you that you took that scourging so that our bodies are made healthy and whole, just as it says in your word. We declare that now as we eat of your very life, the eternal perfect life of God himself through your body. In Jesus name, amen. You may partake of the body, my friends. And now take your, your drink, your juice, the, the blood, and we lift that up. And we say, Jesus, we thank you for this cup of salvation. We thank you that you poured out your blood to bring us the new covenant of grace, the new covenant of peace. The good news of Jesus Christ is ours now and forevermore. We thank you that because of this blood, all the sins of our life, of our past, our present, and our future have already been washed away. That you declare we are white as snow, like fresh linen, Jesus. 
because of your blood has washed us clean. We thank you that because of this blood, we are standing on grace ground, on favor ground before our Abba. We are his beloved children now. He is freely pouring out all gifts and blessings on us. And we receive of that. We receive of the blessings of Abraham. We receive of the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. We receive of your inheritance that you're sharing with us. And we say, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may receive, my friends. Amen. Amen. Woo! Jesus, you are just so good. Daddy God, you are so good. We ask you now to just continue opening our hearts and our eyes to see how very great your love is for us. We ask you to, to keep us uh, opening our, our arms and hands wide to receive from you, Lord. And we want to be filled up to overflowing so that we are blessed and we are a blessing to those around us, Lord. We thank you for your great immeasurable love for us. And we face this week with the expectation that you have gone ahead of it for us. You have prepared good and wonderful things beyond our imagining, Lord. We just thank you that you are the one ever present, that you are on our side, you are for us, and you are our, our rock, you are our refuge, you are our protection. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. All right, my friends, God bless you, God loves you, I love you, and until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace.